You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We just saw Johnny Davis and Jaden Ivey match up a few days ago. Heck, they even guarded each other. Now, which of the two is a better pro prospect, in my opinion? Are they the top two guards in this coming NBA draft? And how are they similar and different in terms of being NBA prospects? I'll discuss all of that coming up next. You are locked on the NBA draft. It is a Wednesday morning, and as such, you are joined by me. It is your host, Sam Ferris. I talked about, I think it was on Monday, that the Jaden Ivey-Jonathan Davis matchup was maybe the matchup I had been looking forward to most in the last few weeks in college basketball. Both the team setting, but more than the teams, Johnny Davis and Jaden Ivey, I'm going to spoil one of the headlines already. To me, those guys are the top two guards in this coming draft. I'll discuss in what order I have them and what similarities and differences there are between them because I think a lot of them are very interesting. And I think though they both are guards, similar sized, they are very different in a lot of ways. And I think their translation to the NBA and that projection is very interesting. First, though, I want to say to the listeners, thank you for making this show, the Locked On NBA Draft, your first listen today. And hopefully that is the case every day. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Draft Dummies. I'm there posting every day some stats, my thoughts, a lot of clips, both of draft prospects and of rookies or sophomores in the NBA. I love to do all of that. Always happy to chat with you guys on Twitter. Feel free to DM me. A lot of you do already. And yeah, I think we've got a fun show set up for today. The This show, the title sponsor of the show today is Truebill. Truebill, yes, is back as our title sponsor. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions that you do not want or need and they can even negotiate better deals on those you do want to keep. All right, so let's get into the topic of the day. Like I said, we saw them play each other, and that's not really what I want to talk about today is their matchup, because though the individual matchups of top and high-end draft prospects is very fun, it sells, it's catchy, I love watching it, I don't read too much into any single performance, even when they're playing each other, and they did actually guard each other, so that was a ton of fun, but more than that, I just love the contrasting style of play that they play with, as well as just the many differences there are in these guys as NBA prospects. Johnny Davis dominated the matchup head-to-head. He had, to me, the most impressive performance of any prospect during this draft cycle during this college basketball season. Put up, I think it was 37 points, something like 14 rebounds. I watched the whole thing. 
not only the stats, but the big shots down the stretch were awesome to see. So the matchup was fun, but let's get into discussing these two guys as NBA prospects. Like I said, I had them, I had them coming in to the game as the top two guard prospects in this class, and I still do have them as the top two guys. So the first thing that's always important to start with is the context that they're playing in. That affects how we evaluate them, what lens we see them through, and how we might project them to the next level. And so I want to start there with Jaden Ivey, who, you know, when you look at the stats, when you look at the ranking of the team that he plays for, which is Purdue in the Big Ten, you know, off the cuff, you'll think, you know, very good context. He's playing for one of the best teams in college basketball. And while I do think that's the case, you know, the thing that you often want to look at is the spacing. What type of spacing did they play in? And, you know, what system are they running? And so a lot of people will maybe jump to the conclusion, you know, again, thinking about how good Purdue is and thinking about the shooters they have, that they do have good spacing. And while that's mostly the case, they do have good shooters like Sasha Stefanovic and Isaiah Thompson around him. One issue that I think is kind of underrated and worsens my view of his context at Purdue is they play through their bigs and they have two of the best bigs in college basketball and Zach Eady and Travion Williams. And frankly, while those guys help the team, they don't necessarily make it easy for slashing guards because they're constantly just there, especially Edie planted in the paint, two feet in the paint within 10 feet of the rim pretty much at all times. Now, Travion Williams can get out, can pass. He's a little bit more modern, but mostly the same issues apply when thinking about the context here. And so I just think that is important to note that while he plays for a good team, they play through those centers, those centers have the ball, and when they don't have the ball, they're standing there in the middle, and that makes it a little bit more difficult. Whereas with Johnny Davis, honestly, I've said this a, a couple times, I think this Wisconsin team is a bottom half, pretty easily a bottom half of the Big Ten team without Johnny Davis. And the numbers back that up. If you look at their offensive efficiency as a team, even with Johnny Davis, they are ranked per Bart Torvik as the 104th best offense in college basketball. Top 25 defense, though, really does help them. Brad Davison is the senior guy that's been around for five years. He can shoot it, but even he's struggling to shoot it a bit this year at just 34.7%. Now, the bigs that he plays with will space the floor a little bit. They'll at least stand outside and guys like Tyler Wall, Stephen Crowell, but those guys combined to shoot 10 of 50 from three, so nobody's really respecting them. They're not making shots. One of the sayings that I've seen a lot of people use on Reddit is basically calling Wisconsin the Wisconsin Johnny Davises because he's carrying that team. They are not that good without him. That's important to, to bake in the context that, you know, when you look at the usage rate that he's played with, because last year at Wisconsin, he played on a veteran-laden team, a ton of older guys, did not have that heavy of a usage or quite as many minutes. 
His usage rate was 18%. That is now all the way up at 33%. He is carrying that offense. Whereas I think it's actually really interesting with Jaden Ivey that, you know, we talked about him as the top two returning sophomore, a guy that would really have a chance to break out. And he played for the youth USA team in the FIBA World Cup and was very good for them. Of course, Johnny Davis did too. They were teammates there. And we thought Jaden Ivey is this breakout guy this season. He's going to take on a bigger role. And he has been a breakout guy. He's a he's going to be a top 10 pick, probably a top 5 pick. What's interesting, though, is the usage rate is the exact same that it was last year. You know, the minutes have gone up by 20%. But interesting to keep in mind that when he's on the floor, that usage rate has been the same that Purdue is still primarily playing through Travion Williams and Zach Eady, like I said. And so, yeah, Johnny Davis is carrying the load, and I think that is a difference that is important to keep in mind. The next thing that I want to get to is the finishing at the rim. And, of course, the physical tools and the athleticism, I'm going to hit on more in-depth later, but those encompass all of these aspects of course, they touch every aspect of these players' games. But when looking at rim finishing, I think it is something else that is important to dive into because high level, you look at their rim finishing numbers, you see Jaden Ivey, 74% at the rim, which is ridiculously good. Johnny Davis, 61%. You know, that's also solid. But one thing that I've appreciated more lately or started to include more in my analysis is the breakout between half-court rim attempts and transition rim attempts. Now, that doesn't mean that transition rim attempts are not important because arguably the most important trait about Jaden Ivey is his ability to get in transition and not just get in transition, my favorite thing about him is he creates tr transition opportunities for himself and teammates out of nothing, out of thin air. When the defense is back, I mean, even off of a made shot, he is just so fast. The defenses are so terrified of his speed. He can create those transition looks, and that is awesome. But at the NBA level, yes, there is more space. Yes, you have better teammates around you, and yes, like... Jaden Ivey is not going to have his center planted in the middle the whole time. So transition opportunities are still going to occur. But in the playoffs, especially in bigger moments, you do have to play in the half court. The game does slow down a bit. And so I do value looking at, in a half court setting, how often can these guys get to the rim and how well do they finish? And so, you know, while you see the difference in percentage between these two finishing that gap closes when you look at in the half court where Jaden Ivey is only 16 of 31. So making about 50% and only like uh, two attempts per game in the half court at the rim. Whereas for Johnny Davis, 52 attempts, so significantly more. And he's making about the exact same percentage, 27 to 52. So that's fine. Again, both these guys don't play with a ton of spacing. And that is just the case with all these guys at the college level. But it's interesting to think about, you know, the breakout of transition versus half court and 
how that really evens out the playing field here. And as I talk about all the time, it's such a small sample, especially one, even two college seasons. So reading into the percentages is not as important as reading into the volume and where the volume of shots are coming from. And so that volume that Johnny Davis is getting at the rim to me is even more impressive and probably stands out. It's more important and it's better than what Jaden Ivey has done. So to me, that's something that, that you know, Jaden Ivey is special in transition, but in the half court, Johnny Davis tends to get to the rim more. And this is a good place to tie in the physical tools where I talked about the speed, the vertical, like if we're at the combine, Jaden Ivey clearly wins, but I'm going to take a quick break so we can hear from a couple of our sponsors, but I want to hit on a few of the athleticism or the physical tools aspects where I think they they differ from each other and why I think Johnny Davis's athleticism is going to translate and is going to be, you know, still a plus at the next level. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It is a business scam out to get you. Do not let these greedy companies pocket your money. Go ahead and download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app, like I talked about at the top of the show, where they help you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you do not want need or simply you may have forgotten about. On average, people have saved up to $720 a year with Truebill, so sounds like it is worth the investment to me based on those statistics. Truebill also has over 2 million users, and in total, it's helped save them over 100 million. So because you're listening to our show, I know all of us go through this stuff where we forget about subscriptions we have. We lose money from that. Go ahead and start canceling today and use truebill.com slash NBA. Okay, so I talked about with Jaden Ivey, the special physical tools. They're both similar size. I think Ivey is listed at 6'4", Johnny Davis 6'5". And while Jaden Ivey would certainly win the 40-yard dash, he'd win the vertical leap I do think that Johnny Davis's functional athleticism is also very impressive. And on the ball too, which is important to gauge your athleticism because it's different on the ball than it is just running without the ball in open court. Jaden Ivey is very fast in with the ball in, in transition. So this is not to take away from him. But again, in the half court, we talked about the ability to get to the rim in the half court. Jaden Ivey doesn't necessarily have the greatest ability to change speeds. He doesn't have a ton of wiggle uh, or change of direction on the ball. He's not a jittery guy with the ball. And also, it's important to be able to get to the rim. And I've talked about this a lot as being something I think we've underrated in terms of NBA translation, where yes, you'll have more space, but to be able to use that space, you do actually have to handle the ball. And I think Johnny Davis's handle, especially setting himself up in the half court, is better. So again, some important differences there in both the ability to get to the rim in half court versus in full court and just the differences in their athleticism. And I think this is a good lead-in to 
the variety of the offensive game where this is maybe the biggest difference between these two guys offensively for Jaden Ivey it's basically all the way at the rim or it's a three from him and the stats back that up he is only 18 of 70 in his entire career on twos outside of the paint at Purdue not that great he's also this year only taken 23 pull-ups and has registered 17 points off of those which is not very good and also in the half court when you look at iso possessions a guy trying to create a shot for himself only eight of those on the season which gets back to how they don't really necessarily just play through Jaden ivy all the time and sorry i said let me rephrase that 14 isolation possessions and he's only registered eight points so very little volume and very little success as an isolation score which is pretty interesting to me as well and then the other thing that i think affects his variety to his offensive game that affects his mid-range scoring is his release is a little bit lower and it's a little more of a set shot which is what he does from three and so that mid-range jumper isn't as there's not as much variety to it he can't get to it as much in the mid-range and he simply hasn't really done it to this point either and so the biggest again the biggest differentiator for them is that variety to their game where yes the analytics love the three-point shot in the layup and that's what Jaden Ivey has done but at this point in their career as prospects I'm not worried about those analytics I want to see what all do you have in your game what all is in that package and so Johnny Davis's offensive game is just so much more versatile at this point so to contrast the guys he has taken 86 mid-range jumpers just this year which is like halfway through the season compared to 70 total for Jaden Ivey and Johnny Davis has shot well on those at 40 percent which they're all self-created shots they're all difficult shots I think only 10 percent of them are assisted he's also taken 65 jumpers off the dribble and ranks in the 71st percent in college basketball again very good and just the aesthetics you know contrasting his scoring with Ivy's I talked about the lower release on the jump shot for Ivy whereas for Johnny Davis he he elevates he has that natural fade on his jumper that he can get to and so I talk about Johnny Davis not only being a three level score but actually four aspects to his scoring game where at the rim the mid-range the three-point shot but Wisconsin runs a ton of their offense and just their natural motion offense gets him into the post a lot where he likes to post up smaller guards and you can see it's just fun to watch but just more of that versatility with him where it's very rare that guards can hit the fading jumper out of the post over both shoulders and yep Johnny Davis has that as well so just the variety of the offensive game and that ability to get the mid-range jumper it's just to me that is something that is just a little bit of that it factor with guards where you just want to see that that ability to self-create that ability to get to a mid-range jumper and so something that i've been thinking about getting back to the physical tools 
again, while Ivy is fantastic speed, straight line, leaper, Johnny Davis has fantastic body control. And I think that is another place they differ. There have been a few plays that have really illustrated this to me. One of them, I tweeted out the clip where someone threw a full court pass to Johnny Davis. He was surrounded by three guys. He had to turn, elevate, and high point the ball, basically like a receiver. And a lot of guys would have had a tough time high pointing that ball. And if they did, they might have like fallen over when they caught it because he's surrounded again by three guys. So not only does he high point the ball, he comes down, spins, basically transitions smoothly into a layup finish without any wasted motion, just beautiful body control. Looked like just prime Jerry Rice catching the ball on the run and just immediately accelerating to full gear and finishing. So that was awesome to see, but you'll see just his finishes around the rim where it looks almost like a couple of those Michael Jordan ones where avoids a guy in the air, double clutch pump to the other side, reverse finish with some English. And so that body control is different. I don't think Ivy really has quite that much of it. He's more, not like a stiff athlete, but a little more robotic, just more explosive but not the same level of body control. And so something I've been thinking about on this point is that not only because we think about body control around the rim, the contortion finishes that you'll see from a Kyrie, a Steph, but if you think about it, most all of the great mid-range self-creation scores have that same trait of that body control. And I think it's that same I think it's that same trait of body control that relates to the half court, not the half court, in the half court, that ability to create your own shot in the mid-range, to elevate, to control your body, and to be able to shoot as well. That coordination is just a little bit of a different version of athleticism, whether you think of you know, the traditional great mid-range self-creation scores, whether it's Jordan or Kobe, even a guy like DeMar DeRozan, again, a guy like Kyrie Irving, that ability to hit a shot on the move while you're elevating, squaring up to the rim. So I think it's kind of interesting to draw that line of that body control that that athlete, that different type of athleticism he has where he's not quite the explosive level and he's still a lot of dunks this year he is explosive around the rim certainly not the level of ivy but just that difference of body control where you can see it in his movements you can see him getting into and creating very tough mid-range jump shots all the time i think that is a fun line to draw that i've been thinking about um, so the next thing we got to get to, though, is oh, one one thing before we leave, talking about the variety of the offensive game, something that Jaden Ivey still does not have in the half court is a left hand finish. He frankly doesn't like to dribble with his left hand either. And so I talked about the ball handling in the half court. Johnny Davis has the advantage there. Also, Johnny Davis can finish very well with both hands. Again, just more of that it factor all around creativity, all around skill as a guard. Jaden Ivey doesn't really dribble that well with his left, and he never really finishes with his left either. Okay, 
we're going to get into another break. And then coming up next, we're going to talk, just finish up talking about the physical tools and talking about the defense. And then I'm going to tell you how I rank these two and where I think they might go in the coming draft. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in that plan. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Maybe even better than a candy bar, but it is still healthy for you. Contains 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar and net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Go ahead and compare that to a candy bar, which usually has 240 calories and 30 grams of sugar and dozens of net carbs. So here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, wherever they are. Throw out those unhealthy treats and go ahead and treat yourself to a built Bar. And because you're listening to our show, you can get this offer. Again, go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Again, LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. BetOnline has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football continues, it's March through the bowl season and into the pro football playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDON to receive that bonus. They've got everything from basketball to football to boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Again, bet online where the game starts. So just to recap, we've been talking about Jaden Ivey. We've been talking about Johnny Davis. Jaden Ivey is the fantastic athlete, the explosive athlete. But we talked a little bit about the differences of the functional athleticism. And I do think Jaden Ivey's is very functional, but I just thought it was interesting to break down kind of that body control, how it relates to both the handle, the finishing, but also more so the mid-range jump shot, that ability to naturally fade and still control your body and get that shot off. And just that creation ability in the mid-range, though some people do think it's dying, they don't understand analytics, in the playoffs, in the big moments, at the end of games, that ability to self-create even mid-range jump shots is what you need to have. And that separates, because we talk about a couple different things that on-ball guys need to have in the NBA, is you need to be able to create some level of easily, some level of easy for your team and yourself. Um, whether that's getting to the rim, whether that's just being a very good shooter, just something that you you know you can do at a high level and do often and do efficiently. But you also have to, if you're going to be a high-level shot creator, you have to have the ability to create and make difficult shots. So there's both ends of the coin where I need to see the easy, the consistent efficiency from you, both for yourself and for others, but also that ability to be undeniable. And look, I'm not saying Johnny Davis is going to be Kevin Durant, but he's not even going to be DeMar DeRozan, but the ability to self-create the mid-range scoring is 
is fun. It's fun to watch, and it's still very important and separates the the good guards from the great ones, in my opinion. Now, the final thing we'll talk about is the defensive kind of metrics and what I watch. And at this point, I think they both have good physical solid physical tools they don't quite have the length or size you would hope in terms of being like bigger guards and again i talk about it all the time but length defensively is the number one thing that translates and just those physical tools and so that's a thing that can get underrated you don't want to read too much into the tape of these guys if there's anything you can do wrong evaluating the defensive side of the ball it's probably read a little too much into everything other than the length and the physical tools i think they both checked the box there if there's anything you can really knock on johnny davis it's a lot of people want to compare him to some of the great shooting guard scores whether it's the brandon roy or it's the devin book or the brad beal he is like an inch or so shorter than than booker and guys like Brandon Roy. And there is the question of, does he have quite the quick twitch athleticism or just the height? You know, whatever way you want to look at physical tools, is he maybe just a little below that threshold you need? I personally don't think so. And that's kind of what I've talked about this whole time with the functional athleticism. But defensively, though I think he's very good, important to think about and compare him to those other offensive creators the guy with the heavy burdens like a a booker or a roy or a beal i think he's better than those guys were at the same age and he's got good instincts Um, but getting to the defensive comparison between davis and ivy one of the easiest way to ways to vet prospects when you've got a list of guys you're looking through is look at the stock numbers because that activity rate is It's a solid proxy, honestly, for just athleticism and activity rate. And it's something that does translate well to the next level. Again, so to restate that, if you're looking at a list of guys, and this applies looking historically back, the easiest way to vet through a list of prospects and find the guys that become legit NBA players, one of the easiest ways is just look at the stock rates, the steal and block rates. Again, a good proxy for athleticism and activity rate they both do solid there pretty rare to find guards that have both over two block and two steal rate they both clear that hurdle johnny davis it's actually pretty funny he has the exact same block and steal rates he did last year 2.6 2.7 very good and then 2.1 2.5 for Jaden ivy so not quite the level of johnny davis you don't see him coming over We've seen Johnny Davis as a weak side rim protector at times. I don't think that's something he's going to be doing consistently. He's not like a Jalen Suggs level shot blocker at the rim. But still, again, they certainly pass that hurdle. More than anything, what you want to look at with the guards is there is a cutoff where if they don't meet a certain threshold in terms of blocks and steal rate in college, They're probably just not good enough physical tools guys to make it at a high level at the next level. These guys both check that box. The last thing that I want to say comparing the two is when we project them to the next level, I do actually think it's more likely that Johnny Davis spends more time on the ball 
as compared to Jaden Ivey, though I don't think either of them probably projects as a primary ball handler or a point guard, especially right off the bat at the next level. Again, I just think Johnny Davis's creation for himself, his ball handling, his ability to play at different speeds it is a little bit better than Jaden Ivey at this point. Now, Jaden Ivey is the better transition player. And so, again, don't view either of them necessarily at this point as primary guys at the next level right now. And if neither of them reach it, frankly, that is kind of like expected for me. I view them more, I, I view them both more as like secondary guys. And so, while we've gone throughout this whole episode and it seems like I've talked up Johnny Davis more than Jaden Ivey throughout most of this whole thing, it, it does, you do have to come back to what is unteachable and the physical tools are unteachable. And Jaden Ivey is legitimately so explosive. He's so fast. Just that open court speed and leaping ability makes up for a ton. I've posted a ton of his clips just flying through defenses and dunking. And while that doesn't translate quite as well to, like I've talked about this whole podcast, to a packed half-court scenario, it still is huge. And like I always say, the first thing you, that you got to look at is what is unteachable, what cannot really be learned. And those physical tools are what sets Jaden Ivey apart from a lot of other guard prospects. And again, one thing I'll add, and I, I've harped on this before, this draft class is looking a little bit weak. And so I don't know if like, because like, for example, I prefer Jalen Suggs and Jalen Green to both of these guys as prospects. I still like these guys. I have them one, two as guards in this draft. I have them even in the same tier. I could see it going both ways. I lean Johnny Davis because of what I've talked about through a lot of this podcast, though Jaden Ivey's physical tools are hard to ignore. And frankly, he's been awesome this year in college basketball. He's been very good. Johnny Davis overall has been better. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reserve kind of my final ranking because, again, they're so close. It's up in the air. Got them back-to-back -back as the top two guards in this class. I hope you've enjoyed listening to my breakdown, some of the numbers that I've found on these guys, as well as discussing these different levels and what goes into athleticism. Because we often think of athleticism either as just one term or sometimes we just think of like leaping ability as a proxy for athleticism. Whereas there's so much more that goes into it. And it's fun to think about how that permeates and affects different parts of the game. Like we talked about the body control as a mid-range score in relation to Johnny Davis versus just the open court speed, straight line speed, straight line jumping ability that really benefits Jaden Ivey, especially in the full court as a transition score. So thank you so much for tuning in for listening to me discuss, hash out my thoughts of the top two prospects in this top two guard prospects, excuse, excuse me, in this class. You can follow me again at Draftum. He's on Twitter. Thank you for making the show your first listen today. I hope that's the case all the time. And because you've enjoyed our show, I think you'd also enjoy the Locked On Bets show, which is your daily one-stop shop for all gambling needs. 
hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It is free and available on all platforms. Again, thank you listeners for tuning in. Very much appreciate it. <laughs>